0: Yeah, I mean, just like what's really difficult in building a brand and founding a brand and finding authenticity in that brand is that it's so so predicated on finding yourself, right? So it is a very spiritual process because it's hard for somebody who hasn't lived um, throughout a, a ton of lived experiences or maybe has been in school for a long time, right? And is now starting to work and, and realizing that work's not for them to then, you know, be caught up in this like existential crisis of like, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I care about? And then start to brand in that process because a lot of times that that is where entrepreneurship comes from. It comes from this like innate spiritual struggle of realizing that like, you know, you don't feel fulfilled or you're not self-actualized or, or purposeful in that moment. So, it's just, it's just really challenging to start branding that time because that, that also means that you may not really understand yourself, right? Um, and so self-awareness, I think, really is something that comes over time and it's different for everybody and everyone's journey. Uh, and it's really hard to build a brand without that uh, because at the end of the day, if you don't really fully understand yourself, I mean, how are you going to create a, a brand that you can commit to representing and expressing for you know what could be a significant portion of your life?
1: Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions. It's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves, and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners, and of course. You gotta have great tasting food. You gotta have great tasting beverages. Package goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're gonna lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge, go back, pick out some brands, some CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're gonna find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, Stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different veteran special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. I, there is just so much going on in the food and beverage space. I have to say, I there, I do notice there's a lot of buzz on LinkedIn for certain products and for certain people. And of course it catches my eye. And there's one brand that really stood out to me. I just have to be honest, the the packaging, the logo, it was just so crisp, so clear. It just Invoked this kind of emotional response in me, and I wanted to look into this brand a little bit more. Then I remembered where I saw it. I had seen some excerpts from Shark Tank. I've since gone back and rewatched the entire episode, and I have since had the opportunity to talk with Kwan Yang. He's the co founder and CEO of Prickly Cactus Water. Quan, I am so excited to have you on. Again, I just keep seeing this buzz about you guys out there. And uh, what an exciting uh, product and an exciting time from you, right? You're going from... Um pharmacy to functional
0: (laughs) yeah with a ph exactly um right yeah it's a pleasure to be here tony thanks so much for uh for having me and it's definitely a pretty exciting time um it's it's a it's a very exciting journey for all of us um and we we're just really trying to enjoy every moment of it all the challenges the ups and downs with it
1: Ups and downs, and you've got like a young family. You've just left the uh, farmer world. It's just like you're just throwing everything in all at once. I love that. Uh, I love the American spirit. Um, Well, so look, the first question I think that comes to me is as we get into your origin story around the around the product. I just have, have to understand what is it about the cactus? Why is this so important? there are so many different products out there that you could have, you know, gone for why cactus? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's probably the, the first question we always get.
0: And, and I'm sure we'll speak more about this later, but, um, you know, to us, the cactus is is really the ultimate symbol of resilience. It's been around for over nine thousand years. You know, it's nutritious, delicious. It's a, it's a, it's sustainable. It's a staple in numerous cultures. That's how we discovered it, and it's done. You know, all with grace. And so, you know, for us, our mission is to inspire people to be resilient, like the cactus, by creating these delicious moments of happiness. Um, and, and it really started because my, my co-founder back in 2018, when we uh, you know were living up in Boston, came home with these delicious prickly pears. And, and Mohammed grew up in Lebanon. His, uh, his grandma would use to, to juice it and serve it in all these different ways. And he would fight over every last sip or every, every last bite of prickly pear cactus with his siblings, big family. Um, so when he saw it at our local star market, uh, it just brought back this wave of nostalgia that really came, kind of came and reminded him of all is, is is amazing childhood memories so when you brought it back to share with us you know we were just amazed by this incredible looking fruit it was this beautiful magenta color when you juiced it it tasted amazing you know being from healthcare we were really really just fascinated with the, all the benefits of the, the ingredient um you were, we were really impressed with the sustainability components of it And really, when we kind of explored more and more about what this brand meant to us over time, um, and this sort of symbolization of resilience that really kind of spoke to us because it really allowed us to connect ourselves to it, but also uh, made us realize that this is how we could really support others and and give value to society, um, kind of brought all that together. So. Yeah, ever since then, it's just been an incredible adventure of, of self-growth, of learning, of being able to contribute something that we felt was really, really um, something that was authentic to us. And um, yeah, it's just uh, the journey is just beginning. You know, we very much feel like we're at the starting line.
1: What you just said there is just uh, authentic, genuine, that you connect with the product, you connect with the brand. And I think that's a huge mistake for people who go out and just try to find a white space, And develop something and they have no ties to it. I'm I'm sure you can do it, but the way you guys are approaching it is very different in that it actually has true authentic, you know, meaning and connectivity to you. So in a lot of ways, you're just a fan as well. You're a consumer and it's, you're literally making something that you also love. And I think what's unique about the cactus, as you say, it is this, it's resilient. And it does evoke a lot of um, just I don't know th- values and just you know strength. I don't. You're right. You've really hit on something there. Now, for everyone who's if you've not seen the Shark Tank um, episode, I'm going to tag it here in the show notes so you can go down and and pull this up and, and watch it before YouTube takes it down because sometimes they'll take these things down. Um, I want to hear just a little bit about your Shark Tank experience and you know, how life has changed for you since uh, getting that deal with Barbara, which I loved. (laughs) I loved how she swooped in there at the end and uh, knocked uh, Mr. Wonderful out. But tell us just about that whole experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's still pretty surreal kind of thinking back on it. But it was a very, very long journey. I have a 15 month old and this journey has been uh, the journey of being reached out to and then airing was the equivalent of time. So it was just kind of a very, very long journey. Wait, they reached out to you? They reached out to us to apply after they saw uh, an ad, a Facebook ad right when we launched in February of 2021. It was like the first week.
1: Oh, we, uh, we that's different. Most people are pushing to them. Interesting. It, it was it was just surreal because we were kind of
0: like, is this real? You know, we had no idea. We just thought it was it was a, a scam. It was just an email. We just you know we responded anyways, and then
1: <laughs> right, like, a phising scam, <laughs> right? Put in your credit card information and we'll get you over to Barbara. Yeah, and
0: then we knew it was real <laughs> right. as soon as we got a hundred page document that was like, you have to apply and, and tell us everything about you know your life and stuff. So at that point we were uh, you know we were pretty excited about it, and it was just a really long process. It was a very long process, but it was a super professional process. The The team was just, they were such an incredible team. Uh, the producers that that we worked with, they became like family. So when we actually went on set to record, which was uh, about a month and a, a half ago, this time last year, so September of 21, you know, it just felt like we had been working with these people that that had nothing but your best interest um, at heart in, in a way to help you tell your story and, and just, again, try to try to really make that moment as impactful as possible so it was a really cool experience um you know the sharks were all just incredibly uh friendly and really professional they they, they did a good job of desensitizing you so it wasn't like you just walked on set and and that was everything. Um, they just had a really professional staff and, uh, the experience was, was really good. You know, I, I think for us, it wasn't one where we blacked out. I do remember a lot of the
1: conversation and what we, Oh my you know, God. It's funny that you say that. I hear that people black yeah, out. People black they, they, can't rem- <laughs> they can't remember a thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know.
0: Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a long time. I mean, we were in there for, for almost an hour. And of course the post production gets it down to, to, you know, about eight to 10 minutes. I think that they, they did an incredible job, again, of just capturing the spirit of the conversation, the spirit of the uh, negotiation. Um, and yeah, just really, you know, blessed for the opportunity. I think it really has set us up for a lot of um, opportunities that we probably wouldn't have had. And so, you know, every, I think every journey has a lot of luck to it. And, and ours has definitely shown itself in, in the form of Shark Tank. So we're, we're definitely pretty blessed.
1: So, okay. So let's, I think this is a great segue into what we really want to talk about today. And that is the importance of branding. And I think you guys are going to be great ambassadors for this conversation. That conversation came up with the sharks. Do you want to, you want to talk at all about that? Because I don't know how much that influenced what you went through this past year, because I know you've just completed it. And this is why we want to talk about the importance of branding today. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think it, the the Shark Tank experience was another data point. It was a very strong data point because, you know, you're suddenly in a room with some of the 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 titans of of business, right? And so everything that they say is not taken with a grain of salt. It's quite the opposite. But, you know, we had when we launched uh, you know, in 2021, we already knew that we had to go on this journey of of really finding authenticity in brand, and we can certainly talk about why that's important. But you know, when we had gotten to Shark Tank, we had already uh, committed to doing that, so we would started that process beforehand. So I, I think really the information, the conversations we had on on Shark Tank, um, just really helped refine and and maybe even reinforce some of these thoughts and experiences we had. Um, and really challenged us again to really rethink everything and, and really just make sure that what we were producing really was true to us, you know, and, and ultimately true to true to who we were, um, to our personal values so that at the end of the day, Uh, we were expressing a brand and not again, to your point, selling a product. And I think that those two things are extremely, extremely different because, you know, authenticity and brand, at least in our opinion, truly maximizes, uh, profitability. So, uh, it all kind of came together at the same time. And we had just started that process like about a week or two before we ended up going on shark tank and, and, um, it ended up being over a year, years worth of time. Uh, and even now, I think the last finishing finishing pieces are our, our website launching in January will really kind of finally cement the, the completion of this journey for us.
1: Well, you just said that authenticity and brand maximizes profitability. Can you just explain what that means? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this
0: is just our belief, right? It's It's that uh, you know we think that most successful founders and founding teams time and time and again you know the ones that unlock an authentic brand ideal really allow them to uh, to create brands that are consistent and consistency in what meaning uh, consistency in, in the mission that they uh, you know agree to to pursue the products that they produce, the content that they create, and the customer experiences that they actually deliver on. Um, and, and why that's important is because all of that feeds into building a stronger community around the brand of, of like-minded individuals, and that's not just your customers, right? That's also the investors that you attract, the partners that you end up working with, and most importantly, probably the, the employees that are that are ultimately you know working towards delivering upon that promise of brand, and that you know ultimately is just humans, and humans create momentum, right? Which in our opinion, again, um, all this momentum maximizes profitability because. It not only just drives the top line revenue, which is, I think what a lot of us have focused on in the last couple of years, but it actually improves the bottom line, um, because we believe that the quality and the intention of work that that the team is engaged on ultimately will be greater when they're, when they're bought in emotionally and spiritually to the, to the brand, to the mission that we're trying to accomplish. Um, and that will ultimately just give your, your business probably the greatest chance of success. Um, you know, because you're just making every decision with higher resolution and quality, Uh, whether it's, you know, scaling, whether it's the products that you're creating, whether it's the people that you hire. um, And, and all those things come together to, in in our opinion, again, like maximize profitability.
1: Yeah. As you were walking through that, it really dawned on me that customer acquisition costs obviously is, is high in any business, but when you have real brand uh, advocates, people who are loyal, they also feel authentically part of that brand and what you're trying to do. They stay with you. And then they go out and they bring more people in. So not only does that drive your top line, but that really helps your bottom line because your acquisition costs for new consumers would, you would think be lower because of, you know, the word of mouth spreading. But you also touched on that, you know, investors look for this too. And I know, you know, young brands obviously are looking for more investment. So I, I imagine this is helping you, you know, on your journey as you guys are also um, probably pitching, you know, and talking to other investors. They see something authentic. They know you've got your brand dialed in. So you're not going to be distracted by other, you know, brand extensions that don't fit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're seeing that right now where we actually just opened up our seed round just a couple of weeks ago. And and that has been probably one of the the biggest drivers of interest is just seeing the whole thing together, right from the product, the liquid that they receive um, in the samples that we deliver to just how they see the brand coming together and, and our, you know, uh, five six, seven year vision of what we expect to build prickly towards I think all of that clarity, all the work that we put in up front to get that part right has really come to set us up for a lot more success in these conversations than you know if we had just come in with um you know our previous branding, our previous uh you know ideation of what we were building that lacked the, the clarity, the focus, and the vision of, of really what Prickly is all about. So that has absolutely been, I think, one of the the key drivers of, of success for our current fundraising round.
1: Yeah, and I think that just points back to that experience on Shark Tank really helping you focus in and get that clarity. As those, you said, those titans, they really saw the need for that. Who would you say is your primary consumer for the Prickly Cactus Water? Because I know – when you're sending samples and trying to get that liquid to lips, you know, if those investors aren't the demographic you're going for, or sometimes it's like, hey, guys, you're not going to like this product, but it's not for you. What's What are you finding there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we have this opportunity to truly be a mainstream product. You know, so our target market is is it's generally a little bit broader than I think most. I mean, eighteen and thirty five. You know, we we tend to see a slight, um, you know, uh, uh, slight resonation more towards the female demographic than male. But I think that we're in this very interesting time right right now where that eighteen and thirty five uh, mainstream demographic represents almost 50% Gen Z's and 50% millennials. And so there's just really a lot of cultural signals, I think, are going to be different in the next couple of years. Um, And we have an opportunity right now being not just a new brand, but almost a a new category in some capacities um, to really come in and and establish itself as something that really resonates with this younger generation. So I think that that's really one of our core target markets in the urban setting, Um, but in the suburban uh, setting as well we we tend to be a little bit broader um you know because we think that prickly is a product for everybody you know ultimately we're trying to create these delicious moments of happiness and so we see kids resonate with this parents grandparents uh everyone and so really kind of making sure that people understand that this is a a product that can be consumed every day for everyone in a more suburban market is something that um you know absolutely is is uh, one of our core goals and that all comes back to just making all this can be achieved by just making making the cactus the most approachable thing possible because, you know, I think a lot of what we've done is really kind of taken that, that, that sort of feeling of a cactus being something that you don't want to hug or touch and turning it almost upside down and making it super approachable, fun and associated with happiness. And and I think that that's really how we're going to really go after this target market.
1: I think it's interesting as you guys were discovering, you had something really special now you're having to focus on, okay, we're, going, we're launching this business. Now it's this obsession with brand, right? You knew you already had something authentic, but now it's, I guess what the next step is, you know, what's our mission? You know, why is it unique to us? Tell us a little bit about some of those early problems that you were having to solve for, you know, when you were launching.
0: Well, I mean, as soon as we we launched, uh, we knew that we had a lot of work to do, right, to really figure this stuff out. Um, because as, as we mentioned, brand maximizes uh, profitability. So getting to that starting point was going to be super important. And we knew that Prickly was about much more than just an itemized list of benefits product product characteristics nutritional callouts. we just didn't really understand how to verbalize that in a way that you know um was unique to us unique to the cactus uh and and really allowed us to really show co- consumers what we stood for beyond just giving them a healthy and delicious product so we really tested that against our own personal values um and it, it was a pretty frustratingly long and existential journey of, of self-awareness of spirituality of growth Um, but, you know, as we built out that whole rebrand, the packaging that you see, uh, including the the new website that's launching in January, we, we realized that this was, um, this was all worth it because when the first cans landed in retail about four months ago, we actually saw a two X lift in retail velocities, which was this incredible objective data set that, um, has really given us even more confidence that, you know, we had arrived at the, at the starting line.
1: Oh, that's. That's great. So tell us a little bit about where you're uh, selling now. Are you uh, DTC and retail? What's our um, club? What's your uh, distribution at this point?
0: Yep, we're very much focused on the DTC and retail channels um, for a product like ours. We view DTC absolutely as a brand awareness discovery channel where we can really connect with others and build build product awareness, build uh, uh, cactus awareness, education, and just really build community. Um, and I think that that's going to be the most important uh, focus point for us as we head into this next phase of our growth between Seed and Series A is really just to continue to reinforce the, the strength of that community over time. Um, and then the retail channel is, is absolutely probably the most important channel for, for beverage. Um, just being a place of discovery, being a place where we can win on shelf um, and and implement the promo strategies that we've already you know exercised up to this point that we know works. Um, you know That's gonna be the, the primary growth uh, driver for us in 2023 as well.
1: Have you guys tried any convenience store in the Southwest? obviously where people see the cactus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: so we always joke about it that we produce our product up in the northeast, the land of the cactus in New Hampshire specifically, right. so we say <laughs> live free or drink prickly. But uh yeah, our our goal is absolutely to to expand into the southwest. We just didn't want to take that shot until we had gotten to the starting line, you know, because we knew that the best yeah. product we could put out there, we just wanted that first impression our our, you know, the core market that we know probably will um, ultimately to your point, have the most familiarity with the product and, uh, and, and the cactus, we just wanted that first impression to be awesome, you know, and we, we wanted it to be super authentic and super value driven for the customer. And so, uh, yeah, up to the, up until this point has all been just testing to get there. And, and that is absolutely part of our growth strategy in 2023.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a good, um, a good philosophy there in, in convenience because it's, it's hyper-local. You can get that feedback really quick from consumers, but of course you can get really quick feedback on the DTC channels as well. I'm sure you're selling through, uh, I don't want to assume you're selling through Amazon, but you know, so many open up that, uh, that channel as well. I think what you've done really nicely too is, um, kind of the Instagram side of it as well, you know, with the ambassadors, with, you know, kind of unique photos with the cans. And I, I think that's a great way just to show, your target market and join it i think you've done a nice job with that um thanks yeah i mean there's 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 a lot of work i think uh
0: ahead of us i think i think a lot of what you've seen so far is testing and and i truly stress it we're at the starting line now and uh i think what you'll see in 2023 is a very very uh, refined version of what you know we've learned up until this point so i'm excited to, to share
1: the world so let's talk about the mission, because that was something that you really had to work to define. And I think that's really probably come out in a lot of your discovery, you know, meetings with potential investors, because, again, you have to filter all the like the direction you want to go through has to go through the mission. It has to go through the brand. It can't stray from that. So let's talk a little bit about um Mission as it relates to branding. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, right. And so as we mentioned,
0: our, our mission is to inspire people to be resilient, like the cactus, by creating delicious moments of happiness. And so the cactus is ultimately this ultimate symbol of resilience because it just thrives with, you know, majesticness and and positivity in the most challenging climate in the world, the desert. Uh, and we love that so much because it's just how humans are, right? The human spirit is always so resilient uh, it's, it's, it's celebrated in that way, which is, which is incredible. I mean, just look at these last three years. I mean, life isn't, and never will be easy, but when you ultimately realize that we're all just looking for the same things in life, whether that's happiness, acceptance, comfort, fulfillment, you begin to realize that we're all just way more similar than we are different, which is clearly not the narrative that is always painted in the media. Right. And
1: so, amen. uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, coming, <laughs>
0: coming in this world and just even on that point, being in CPG, what I love so much about it is because it just really is this uh, intersection of, of people from all walks of life, right? Blue collar workers, white collar workers, everyone in between. And just, you just realizing that again, we we're, we're so much more similar than we are different. So as we brought our own values and experiences into the fold, we realized that for prickly specifically what it meant to inspire people to be resilient, like the cactus, Meant inspiring people to be happy, um, because we live in a social climate now where sometimes it feels like you know we don't have permission to be happy, or that you know happiness has over time been sort of boxed into this narrow, specific definition, uh, an aesthetic or a vibe in the last couple of years especially. And, and that sentiment actually has, what we've noticed, led to design and branding within the CPG space that often feels and looks the same. It feels very derivative, um, especially in the Better For You product space. So at, at Prickly, we believe Better For You, it's it's table stakes, right? So the white space opportunity really, in our opinion, is to have fun with our brand and an innovation pipeline so that anytime some, someone consumes one of our products or enters the Prickly universe, they're not just consuming something that's good for them, uh, but they're given this emotional permission to really fully enjoy it as well and and that's why we're trying our best to create these uh, delicious moments of happiness.
1: I love that uh, delicious moments of happiness <laughs> that is a great line. Um, i think I think what resonates with me is that you guys have not gone over the top to promote sustainability and all these other good for you components, it's not like you're just slamming your can with benefit, 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 benefit. You're taking a slightly different approach. Um, t- talk through that a little bit because clearly the cactus is one of those unique, uh, sustainable, um, kind of natural um long-term, what do they say? Um, Sustainable crops, right? It it takes so little water. It it has so many benefits. Why, why not? I mean, walk us through that decision to not slam the can with all of that and kind of take this different approach. Yeah. No, I think
0: that this is permission approach. (laughs) This is, this is such an important question because I think throughout our journey, that seems to be something that, that comes up a lot, right? I think when you put on your logical hat and you say, What about this makes a ton of difference? And I mean, everything that we talked about already makes the cactus differentiated. And certainly sustainability does as well, right? I mean, it takes no irrigation to grow. It's drought tolerant, all those things. And I'm sure you heard some of those things on Shark Tank as well. And and it's not to say that we don't educate on that. I think there's a really big difference between leading with sustainability and educating with sustainability. There's nothing, in in our opinion, at least wrong with with talking about all the different merits of your product and the hero ingredient and celebrating that because uh, that message does deserve to get out there um, because it is something that I think um, can drive uh, just a shift in consumer behavior that ultimately does lead to a a better overall outcome for our climate, certainly. Um, But at the same time, it's not that it's something that's been authentic to us and it comes back to authenticity from day one. You know, it's not to say that we don't care about these things. It's just that it would, it would have felt disingenuous for us to lead with that uh, specifically and only. Uh, And it it would have felt uh, in a way going back to what we talked about, trying to sell a product as opposed to trying to express a brand.
1: Oh gosh. I just had my aha moment. There it is. That just, that wasn't what drew you to it in the first place. It's just, it's the benefit that, see, I think that's the beauty of this is that people are going to discover, oh, I really like it. And then there's the plus benefits.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that's not to say that another creator, another founder who comes from that root uh, or maybe comes from that experience can't find authenticity and sustainability. But I do think that as consumers are getting more and more educated, that um, and And more of these products are out there it one it becomes it becomes less of a differentiator and especially one that 's a little lo- less of a differentiator if it 's not something that 's authentic to you right and so I think that that's something that can sometimes fall into. Uh, founders can sometimes fall into that trap right when we're trying to create brands that just seem like they fit into a checkbox of what consumers and buyers and investors right are looking for.
1: that's what i was saying earlier the white space white you're space. just trying to like yeah you're just trying to force it in there mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly and and ultimately again i think the the white space is is really just the kind of space that that you can create and and find yourself in again authentically because You're not trying, then, right? You're not always questioning why you're doing things. You're just going for something that feels right, and I think consumers uh, will, you know, and as long as you you stay resilient to again resilient to maintain that. No pun intended. uh, intended, There you uh, go. And and go down that path and, and minimize the chances of corruption in that, I do think that ultimately consumers will feel that same thing. And ultimately that's what brand is, right? It's it's that feeling that's evoked uh, emotionally when they interact with your products and your and your brand as a whole, uh, as opposed to just understanding that this is a, an ingredient that they're drinking or a product that they're drinking. And, you know, I think most people aren't running around just kind of talking about all these benefits and all these uh, characteristics and sharing that—it's not something. That, not. It's not something that that creates loyalty. It's not something that I think really resonates with with humans on a human level. Um, and I think the moment for which that was the maybe the primary marketing lever was has has probably passed. You know, so um, yeah, I, I think the long term success of brands are ultimately again just full circle built on authenticity.
1: You've, you've really shared a lot. Uh, Just having, listening to how you went through this process, I really think this has really given a lot of, uh, I think, insight because what you've really honed in on is the emotional attachment to the product, right? It's hard to be emotionally attached to, say, a sustainability initiative. Right. That's again, that's like the very, it should be like the back of the can, you know, something, a small mention, right. Versus, um, this, um, delicious moment of happiness. I mean, that's what you're drawn. That's what you're drawn to. Unless unless,
0: you know that that is true to you. Right. And and I
1: think if it is, then
0: all the power to you. And and that should be the the primary way in which you communicate and then build your uh, brand and product. And certainly that version of prickly looks very different than this version of prickly. Um, You know, but but to your point, I mean, if it's if it's just something to, um, you know, sort of capitalize on sort of trends and what people are looking for, I, I just think that ultimately that doesn't set us uh, set anyone up for success, you know, the brand or the or the consumers or the buyers in the long term.
1: Yeah, right. It's not authentic. Well, the reason I I kind of couched it in that way is because it's a beverage. People drink beverages because they they like the way they taste, you know, and it's a feeling, you know, and you just want to bring that along with you. And I think that's where this um, fits in so nicely. Um, so you, you've talked quite a bit about, you know, what's happening in 2023. Um, and what else can we expect from you guys? I, I guess, you know, you keep saying you're at the starting line, so I guess we're going to see, see more distribution or, you know, maybe, uh, a, a wider footprint. So what can we expect in 2023? Well, yeah, we, we say we're on the starting line, um,
0: because it feels like every step that we're taking now is one of intention. We're walking towards the North Star, right? And that North Star is that we we have the vision of, of really creating the greatest cactus company ever. Um, and so, 2023, I think, uh, will tease that there will be some some innovation in that space that will indicate that we are more than a beverage company. So, more to come on that. Um, oh, but, uh, wait, no one's listening. Go <laughs> ahead. What is it? No, that'll come soon enough, soon enough. But uh, Soon enough, soon uh, enough. Uh, but, I, but I do think, yes, absolutely. Distribution is going to be extremely uh, a big focus of ours. You know, I think that with the macro environment and um, where we're headed in the next couple of years, I think the two primary focuses for us uh, from a business standpoint, now that we have branding kind of set up in place, um, is really just top line revenue growth as well as bottom line, uh, margin improvement. So we can create a a sustainable uh, business right in the long term. So, um, distribution and expansion of our brand is going to be a big, big, big focus, but doing it in a way that does feel calculated and, um, and smart and, and, um, again, sustainable. And then, and then, yeah, and then our mission of creating the greatest cactus company ever, uh, will start to be revealed. So that's really, really exciting. Um, I really think that we're going to make some noise in 2023.
1: And I just keep thinking you've got some unique opportunities for swag I, can, I just I think there's something about the cactus that I think you could probably come up with some pretty cool uh, plushies and things oh, I don't know
0: absolutely absolutely we have a lot a lot of stuff coming, a lot of exciting things coming and there's there's a lot of challenges that we haven't solved for uh, as well in that so I still think 2023 uh, will be a lot of growing uh, pains for us too but uh, with that I think, every time we look back and just take a moment to, to be appreciative of how far we've come and just appreciate the good times and the journey, uh, we're always just really, really you know grateful and also surprised at what we've been able to accomplish. And um, yeah, looking back on all this stuff, it's gonna be uh, quite an adventure when it's all said and done.
1: Well, for people who want to experience the prickly cactus water, what's the best way for them to to do that uh, website or particular uh, grocery store if they're a retail, if they're up in the Northeast, what's the best way? Yeah,
0: Easiest way. Go to prickly.com or get us off of uh, Amazon.
1: There you go. Nice and easy. Was there anything, Quan, that you kind of wanted to get out there that I just didn't get around to? I think I think you, I think you, ca- you captured everything. Um,
0: I, I would just say, from a uh, from a from a founder perspective, um, just you know, it's a really challenging journey for everyone, you know. And uh, and I think that at the end of the day, mental health is an extremely important piece of of our journey that uh, you know we should all share more about and support one another through. Uh, we do a lot of work with mental health organizations at Brickley in our journey of, of inspiring resilience as well. So um, we notice that it's it's a growing growing challenge for um for everyone and so especially with the journey as as difficult as entrepreneurship it's just a reminder just take time out of your day to to be mindful to spend time with loved ones to appreciate the journey and try to bring them along with you because at the end of the day the way that we look at it is you know um uh, a success where you're standing on a state on a stage and, and folks are kind of patting you on the back i mean that's a pretty lonely journey to, to end up on you know you want to be in the crowd with everyone that's been with you on that journey and celebrate together so um, just make sure that you're enjoying that journey as you're building it and not just looking forward to the end
1: well said kwan i hope everyone goes out and gives this a try and check the show notes i'll have linked to the shark tank you did well. You and Mo stood up pretty well to Mr. Wonderful. He came at you with a pretty prickly deal. And, uh, I think you were wise to, <laughs> um, switch it up there and go with that, uh, line of credit idea. So kudos for that, uh, quick thinking on your part under the bright lights. Thanks so much, Tony.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having us, uh, on, on the podcast. Thanks so much.